Welcome to Behind the Bob, Diary of a Comms Director with me, Carrie-Anne Wade. This podcast is all about developing communications leaders of the future and supporting you to grow and thrive in your comms career. You'll hear from me about my experiences and insights, and there might even be a special guest or two popping up. So I hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome to this first episode of Behind the Bob, my new podcast. I am feeling excited and apprehensive at the same time. This is the first time that I have launched a podcast where any of the episodes are going to be me just talking. Having said that, there will be special guests through this series of Behind the Bob because I'm inviting some amazing communicators to have conversations specifically about working in public sector communications and how we encourage that as a career choice and encourage more diversity into the profession. But this first episode is definitely just me. And as the podcast series is all about inspiring and supporting and helping communications professionals to grow, thrive, develop and support them on their journey to being communications leaders, I thought it would be helpful to share some of my reflections about what has helped and supported me on my journey so far to becoming a director of comms. So I've spent 18 years in NHS communications and any listeners who follow along on the socials or know me probably are well aware of that by now. Prior to joining the NHS, I have worked in market research, in sales support and project management in a variety of organisations in the private sector. And when I was thinking about this episode and sharing some of what's helped me so far, I started to reflect on the fact that what has helped me to grow as a communicator and as a leader hasn't just been about my NHS communications role. All of these things have happened and helped me in my roles prior to becoming a communicator and have definitely influenced me in terms of life outside of my profession as well. So without further ado, I will crack on and start to share with you some of those reflections on what has helped me. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was saying yes to opportunities and pushing myself outside of my comfort zone. I have done this in both my private sector and my public sector careers. And that has been about all sorts of different things. It's been about taking on new roles that I'd been nervous about. It's been saying yes to projects that have stretched me and taken me beyond the remit of the role that I've been in at the time. And it's been about development opportunities, which I will talk about a bit more later on in this episode. One example that sticks in my mind was putting myself forward to chair a national communications lead network. I remember being that moaning mini, moaning about the fact that the focus always seemed to be on acute trust, so hospital communications and issues. And as someone working in community and mental health services, I felt like our issues were being neglected somewhat and that our challenges were actually quite different as communicators. So someone at the time said to me, put yourself forward then in the next election round. If you want to see the change, then you have to be the change. I was very nervous about doing so, but I did it. I thought I'm going to have to put my money where my mouth is now. And I was lucky enough to spend four years as elected chair of that network. And it was quite possibly one of the best experiences that I've had in my communications career in the NHS, despite me worrying about what colleagues would think of me. And if I was good enough to do it, 
it was such an excellent learning opportunity and it really did help me to grow my network and to take action on the things that I'm passionate about, one of which is definitely professionalising communications within the NHS. Also, in my life outside of my NHS role, I have definitely been pushing myself outside of my comfort zone, podcasting being one of those areas for sure. So running my own business has provided many new opportunities for me. I love collaborating and I've said yes to setting up the awesome women's retreats with the amazing Jane and Lorna and to being part of the How to Take the Lead podcast and collaboration with the fabulous Lee. And all of these experiences, I believe, have made me a more well-rounded leader and communicator and enable me to bring different perspectives and different experiences into not only my own business, but also my role as a communications director. So talking of my own business, I set up Cat's Pyjamas because I was unhappy in my day job. But actually, the combination of changing leadership in my day job at that time and shifting the focus of Cat's Pyjamas to be about my passion, as I've said, supporting the profession, but absolutely supporting communication professionals to grow and thrive, I feel has really made me more productive and impactful in both of those roles, my day job and in my business. Part of being able to do all of those things and say yes more to opportunities and to push myself outside of my comfort zone brings me on to my next point of reflection about building and nurturing a strong support network. So having people who not only believe in me, especially at the times when my own self-belief has been low, but who will also challenge me has been absolutely crucial. I don't mean that you should surround yourself with yes people who will just, for want of a better description, blow smoke up your behind really consider who the people are that matter to you whose opinions do you truly value who will be honest with you this bit so important and tell you some of the hard truths when you need to hear them and who will cheerlead for you but challenge you in equal measure these are the people that I choose to surround myself with in my network nurturing that network also means that I have to give back it's not all about them supporting me I have to recognise the value and contribution I can provide for those people who are in my network and offer them my support and have to remember sometimes that it won't always be balanced and 50-50. Sometimes I'm going to need more help from people and ask for that. Sometimes I won't ask for it. People will realise because they know me so well that they might need to offer that for me. But other times, my friends, my colleagues, my network, my peers will need a lot more from me because they won't necessarily have the energy or capacity to give that back. It shouldn't mean that I don't give them that support and that's okay. It's also okay to recognise when relationships shift and change and to let go of them if that feels like the healthy right choice for you. My own experience as a people pleaser, and you will have heard me say this before, I'm sure, either on the other podcasts that I've been part of or in any of the leadership sessions or conversations that you may have heard me speak at, but I am a self-confessed people pleaser and that can be really challenging at times. My own experience of being a people pleaser and of conflict avoidance actually means that at times I have continued relationships with people in order not to upset them or to make them feel bad, or to let them down. But actually those relationships for me have become unhealthy. 
So knowing when to step away from those relationships can definitely be as important as nurturing and sustaining relationships with people who are in your network. The next thing I started to reflect on was about development. And as I mentor communicators and leaders is part of what I do, both in my NHS role and through Cat's Pyjamas. But I thought it was important to reflect on my own views about owning my own development. And I would like to think that I've always taken ownership of my own development and progression. And that's not to say that I haven't been supported by other people by employers or my managers because I absolutely have been lucky enough to have that support at different points in my career. And aside, I also think if you don't ask, you don't get. That's one of my mottos. So there's definitely an element of asking for development as part of you owning your own development in your career. But throughout my comms career, I've always been a member of a professional body. I've changed my professional body once due to my experience of how an issue around ethical practice in communications was being handled and how that didn't sit particularly comfortably with me. And I think that's okay to make those choices. But the reason that I have been a member of a professional body is because I feel it's important for me. It opens up again those opportunities that I talked about around development and learning. And it will also actually help you to build your network. But because I felt this is important to me, I have always funded this myself. So from my first ever comms job right up to now, I've always funded my membership of a professional body. I studied for a degree while I was working full time and that was part funded by my employer. Back to my point about if you don't ask, you don't get. But I part funded that too. And I have to say it was blooming hard work doing a full time job and studying for a degree, which I did also manage to achieve in three years. I'm not quite sure how I did it. Being an insomniac and not getting a lot of sleep probably helps because I perhaps feel like I've got more hours in the day than the average person to fill with stuff. But yes, doing that degree, again, was something that I did because it felt important to me. It was partly about it helping to progress my career. I had seen a number of more senior communications roles asking for a degree as part of what they wanted in the person spec. Although I have views on how important that really is now in communications as a career, which may come out in, an, in another episode. But it was also partly to push myself and invest in my own development and learning. And if anyone is interested, my degree is in psychology, sociology and media studies. And while I don't always go back to it in terms of the academic learning, I do feel like it was really good for me in terms of me thinking about how I wanted to operate as a communicator in my profession, but also things that I was interested in personally in terms of what makes people tick, how people's minds work and how society more broadly operates and interacts with each other. I've digressed, which is not unusual for me if you've ever listened to the How to Take the Lead podcast that I do with the lovely Lee. But getting back to the point, I've said yes to opportunities to be on new cohorts of training, for example, when trainers and facilitators have reached out because they are setting up sessions where they want to learn what works and to have some guinea pigs to test on. And I always feel like that's a great opportunity because I get the benefit of the learning and the knowledge, but I'm also helping them out because they get the benefit of seeing how their course or their training is working for delegates. I also have a coach. And I invest in that coach myself. 
and I have a coach that my work invests in for me. And again, that's helpful and I feel privileged and lucky that I'm in a position both to fund a coach for myself, but also that my work see my value and invest in a coach for me. I want to improve as a leader. I want to be open to diverse thinking and I want to challenge myself. So I see investing my time and energy and where needed my money in my development as an essential part of my growth. I appreciate that I am in a position of privilege where I can afford to do this. But even when I couldn't, I found ways. I saved up, I asked for support, I applied for funding. So there are always opportunities out there for you to think about how you might support your own professional development. And as I've said, I I have and I do mentor other communicators and aspiring leaders. And I've been doing that the last maybe 10 years. I do this through my NHS role and I also do this through my business. And while I share my experiences, in this space in the hope that they will help others, I equally learn as much from those that I mentor. It helps to shape me as a communications professional and as a leader. And I love it because I get genuine joy from supporting other communicators to achieve their potential. So if there are opportunities either for you to mentor or be mentored or for you to shadow or be shadowed, then I would definitely suggest that you have a think about those and take those up as part of your development. One of the things I was reflecting on in preparation for this episode was what it's been like to work with leaders who value communication. And this is a tough one, I think, because it can definitely feel like the luck of the draw sometimes in this space. Partly, I think, because so many people see themselves as expert communicators and perhaps don't understand what we do in our profession. I could probably do a whole episode on this topic, but for now, I will just leave that bit in terms of saying, I believe that we as communicators have a huge role to play in demonstrating the value of our profession through evaluation, presenting impact, celebrating successes. There are lots of ways that we can do that. And as much as it grates on me when communications is undervalued, I think it's up to us to take action to change this rather than spend all our time moaning about it. So I won't spend any more time moaning about it and I will consider whether or not an episode focused on how we demonstrate the value of communications might be one that goes into this series of Behind the Bob. But I will get back to my point now. When I have worked with chief executives and other senior leaders, who truly understand the strategic contribution that communications makes to a business or organisation, it has made such a difference. Instead of battling for a place at the table, I've been asked proactively for my advice, my views, my professional opinion, and I have been part of decision-making as a leader. This hasn't always happened for me, don't get me wrong. I have had those battles about not just being the team that does the newsletter, screensaver, insert any other comms output here but when I have worked with chief executives who truly get it it has been amazing because it's freed me up to have genuine impact and do my job rather than spending my time justifying why I'm even here. Again we're not always going to be in a position where we can choose who we work for or who we work with but now at my stage in my communications career it has become an important part of my decision making about what next for me and what's important for me. And linked to that is the final point and reflection that I wanted to make about what's supported me on my journey so far in my career. 
And that is around clarity on my values and what I stand for. So that's probably linked not only to what I've just talked about, but most of the areas in this episode. Gaining that clarity over what matters most to me, what I stand for and my values has been incredibly helpful in my career, in my decision making and in my effectiveness as a communications director. It actually does take some effort to get there, is what I've experienced. It has required me to reflect, to ask myself sometimes some challenging questions and get into a headspace that makes it okay to take the time to consider this type of stuff, what my values are what I'm about as a person, as well as who I am in my profession. And I feel like it can feel a bit, I don't know, you can make you feel a bit guilty taking time to reflect on those things. But as a leader, I think that's really important. Gaining this clarity has helped me in so many ways. It's shifted me into a space when I've worked with poor leaders, for example, from being someone who wants to keep my head down which I now realise on reflection has made me complicit in some of those bad leadership behaviours that have been demonstrated but it's shifted me to be a communications leader who will question things that don't sit right with me being clear on my values and what I believe in and to give you some examples integrity collaboration learning being just a few of those things has really helped me with decision making with recruitment with performance management, with supporting others to develop, with dealing with difficult conversations, the list goes on and on. Doing all of these things from a place where I feel confident in who I am and what I stand for has been a game changer for me. It has really helped me to step into my role as a leader, not just in my function but more broadly and to feel like I'm an equal. So I would definitely recommend that you spend some time if you haven't already considering what your values are, how you show up in light of what those values are and what you stand for, because I definitely think taking that time will really help you with your decision making and your thinking going forward. Though I hope that some of my insights and reflections have sparked something for you and I would encourage you to spend some time thinking about what's got you to where you are today, as well of course as thinking about what your aspirations are for the future. I would love to hear from you So drop me a line or join in the conversations over on the socials. And that just leaves me for this first episode to say take care and catch up soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Behind the Bob. I'd love for you to subscribe on your favourite podcast platform and leave a rating or a review. You can also engage with me over on the socials. You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at catspjs underscore UK. Catch up soon.